Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. G'day, I'm Dave Gleason. I'm the lead singer of the Screaming Jets, and I've just turned 30. Well, not really. Uh, my new album, Alpha One, the uh, rebooted version, is 30 years old. That's fantastic. Yeah, it's pretty good, isn't it? It's, uh, it's a, a, a nice milestone to reach. Obviously, when you're uh, when you're 23 or whatever, you don't think oh, 30 years from now we'll be redoing this album. But uh, yeah, it's nice to have made it. Cool. So, do you do you feel more comfortable about releasing it this time around than you did back then? Oh. Uh, Probably, you think more about stuff now, obviously, yeah. back then, you know, we just, uh, we were kind of, while we were recording, and I think it took us 11 days to record at Paradise Studios back in, uh, in just below King's Cross, and um, yeah, we kind of, uh, we, were, we were recording, and then we are going out to play gigs, and doing all kinds of stuff, so it kind of just... It all came and, and came about like um, while we were doing other stuff, really. But this time we kind of we made a much more um, kind of concerted effort to uh, to put in the time and energy. Being the distinguished gentleman that you are these days, yeah, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> <laughs> so at that stage when you put it out thirty years ago, like were you hoping to sell? Actually, hoping it had set you up on the path to rock and roll immortality, or were you more just well, chuckling out and having fun? Oh, no, we, we definitely, uh, there was definitely a huge vibe on at the time. I mean, uh, yeah, we've been kind of, you, you kind of reminisce about this stuff, but at the time we were uh, involved in a huge bidding war between uh, between Mushroom and Ruart Records, which sadly Ruart won. Um, <laughs> uh, but they came along with an offer. We, we, they, our first uh, record deal with Ruart Records was a, uh, seven album deal. Mm. Um, the first album we got, we had a hundred and fifty thousand dollar advance. Is that right? No, no. First album we had about an eighty thousand dollar advance for recording, and then it went up and up until, on paper, it said our seventh album they'd give us a million dollars advance or seventy five percent of receipts of the previous album sales uh-huh. uh, and we just thought how good this seven years from now when we're doing our seventh <laughs> album we'll get a million bucks and obviously uh that never <laughs> we never got to a seventh album with Ruart. but anyway it looked good on paper uh, so you um experienced all the highs and lows of being a musician pretty much straight away <laughs> that's right um yeah we were dead set it was an 11th hour thing we were uh, we were uh, all ready to go with mushroom and then um Chris Murphy swooped in with Ruart Records and, and gave us this deal. What we didn't know at that time, because we were from Newcastle and we just thought that we were the reason for the season, um, was that there'd been a long-running feud between Chris Murphy and uh, Michael Gadinsky, and I think Chris Murphy just did it as a sheer act of bloody-mindedness that he signed us, because... Uh, because uh, not many people at the record company were into the Screaming Jets, I'll tell you that. So <laughs> <laughs> uh, look, like obviously now we all know what a success that album was and how good it was, but how quickly and how much did your lives change after its release? 
Um, well, we kind of uh, um, obviously went went on tour. We were on tour with the Divinals when the album came out, um, and then someone said something on stage, uh, me, and we got kicked. We got kicked off the Divinals tour. Uh, but at that stage, our single was higher than their single in the charts anyway, so we went off to uh, to do a massive tour supported by the baby animals around the country and, um, yeah, played like the Horton Pavilion, sold out, and Festival Hall in Melbourne, sold out, and um, just did uh, like a massive tour. So uh, we kind of just hit the ground running and... You know, well, I reckon we toured that album for at least 18 months before we got the chance to get back in and start doing the second album. Oh, no, no disrespect to the vinyls at all, mate, but if you said something and got you kicked off the air tour, it must have been pretty fucking bad. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, well, uh, it was something if you had a flash of the vagina or something like that, but uh, mm. anyway... Anyway. Just... <laughs> <laughs> uh, now, this next question I've got the information off Wikipedia, so there's every chance it could be wrong. But did yeah. you guys relocate to England not long after the album came out? Uh, no, we can't. That was when we we, um, we did that big tour, yeah. um, and then we kind of headed off um, um, to tour. We toured England and Europe for about oh, probably two and a half months and then we went over to America and we were there for about two or three months so um, yeah now we never really relocated uh, there's certain members of the band who, who actually talk about us living in different parts of the world but as far as I'm concerned we were just on tour um, wherever we were it didn't matter we weren't really living we kind of weren't living anywhere we were just uh, <laughs> living in a tour bus and, uh, and playing and playing as many gigs as we possibly could yeah, right. I think it's fair to say that the Screamer Jet's popularity overseas didn't really reach the heights that it should have, but do you think now looking back, mate, like at the start of your career after that album came out, would you rather stay in Australia for a while longer and get your popularity bigger over here before trying overseas, or do you think you went the right way about it? No, no, I think we, we went the right way about it. Um, uh, we'd spent quite, you know, a, a couple of years kind kind of um touring around with bands like the the divinals and the angels and the choir boys and um so we'd, we'd kind of built a, a good following here um the, the thing that fell over overseas was we came back after our first uh world tour and um chris murphy once again in in his wisdom had come up uh he'd signed the band from uh, Polygram over to Warners at this stage because he did the same thing with uh, In Excess. Uh, so he, and, and he caused a huge stink with uh, with Polygram and its affiliates around the world. Um, so all that groundwork that we did on our first tour of, you know, meeting people and blowing people away at shows and, um, you know, having having people on the ground that were working for us from, uh, from Polygram and Polydor and all those record companies overseas, that was all a waste of time. Um, so we had to go back. I, I remember we went back and... And I rang some people that, that we'd met on the first time round that worked for the other record company. Hey, yeah, it's Dave Gleason. I'm back in town. They're like, why do I give a fuck, mate? <laughs> I, you're not on my label. So, and then it was basically like that. It wasn't even like, hey, man, it's great to hear from you. We should catch up. It was like, mate, I don't need to fucking talk to you. What do you want? <laughs> so all those relationships that we'd made were gone. Um, and consequently, we... we uh, uh, Grant Wormsley decided to sack our manager, so it kind of the whole 
the whole support system kind of fell away. But then we uh, we got signed to uh, to Warner's uh, worldwide uh, through Ruart and went on another world tour and did exactly the same thing. Met all these people, vibed them all up. Everyone's like, "Wow, man, you're awesome! This is amazing! So glad to have you." Boom, gone again. Uh, and then I still remember we were having uh, having dinner with Chris Murphy one time and he said, oh, we've just launched into the most exciting phase of Ruart's career. And I said, what's that? He said, we've just signed a deal with shock. And I put my knife and fork down on my plate and I said, that'll fucking do me. And I just walked out. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was... I think that's the last civil conversation I ever had with Chris Murphy. So, yeah, there was a lot of stuff that we weren't in control of that kind of conspired against us uh, having bigger success overseas. Same, but anyway, so how how different was it for you recording these songs this time as established artists rather than as aspiring rock stars back then? Oh well, of course you. Uh, you we 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 knew what uh, we that we know what the songs have done. They've had their chance to to live and, and create their own kind of vibe. Uh, so we weren't trying to get too far away. <coughs> Pardon me, that was yesterday. We weren't <laughs> trying to get too far away from, uh, from you know, the original recordings. Um, the, 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 it was great to, to, you know, revisit the old songs and bring back vivid memories of recording them and what was going on in the studio. Mm-hmm. But the worst part was uh, not hanging out with your buds, uh, which is... You know, I, instead of um, instead of singing me vocals at Paradise and uh, and then at Rhino Studios in Sydney, I was singing them in me mate Crafty's bedroom, um, <laughs> and and had Steve on a Steve James, our producer, he was on a Zoom call. So um, yeah, it was very different. And and you look as much as uh, as much as you're in there to create something and to work seriously, it's the fun that you have while you're doing that. The kind of uh, that uh, makes it so memorable. So, you know, it was, it was very different and under different circumstances, but um, it certainly, you know, you certainly reflect on all the stuff and, you know, I can still remember uh, walking into Rhino Studios to uh, to redo a vocal for better and um, noise works upstairs. It was, we're talking in hushed tones, noise works are upstairs and walking through the corridors where Barnsley and... Uh, and in excess, we're running through when they did good times together. So I was, uh, that was certainly a memory, vivid memory that came back, just walking into those, that hallowed uh, studio, just going, we're here, we've made it. Yeah, true. <laughs> and did you fall back in love with any of the songs that you may have forgotten over the years when you weren't playing them live? Yeah, definitely. Um, uh, one in particular, the only one, which is the last song on the uh, last track on the album. Um, I think it's come out better than uh, than it, uh, its original version, just because you know you kind of think there's just a vibe about it that um, that maybe we weren't in, that into doing it in the studio, but um, it just came out really well and kind of uh, yeah with a, a certain freshness and and, and it's, I don't know something something that it didn't have in its in its uh, earliest uh, earliest recording. So yeah, it was. That was a good one. Cool. And the album cover for this release features the same photo of hands in a circle of trust, more or less. But is that the same photo you used on the original, or did you reshoot it with these current members? 
No, no, we, we all our hands are old and liver spotted, you know. So. <laughs> I was going to ask how you photoshopped it. <laughs> <laughs> so we used the young hands. Uh, that will probably cause uh, legal disputes. But, uh, yeah, we kind of just uh, jazzed up the, uh, the the artwork a little bit. And, yeah, we, as I said, we, we, we talked about doing different uh, things. But you kind of... You want to make sure that we're, we're, you know, tipping our hat to the fact that it's, uh, that we did it as pretty well as faithfully as, uh, as we could and, and didn't, didn't fuck around with it too much. So along those lines, mate, like the re-recorded songs, they're not carbon copies of the original recordings, but did you feel like you had to make at least a small change to every song because you're re-recording it or did you sort of go more open-minded? Well, no, no, well, the, the songs that have uh, got changes in them, that's because they kind of, um, uh, they've grown live over the years, like Come On didn't used to have a, a, a lead break in it, like it's got in it now, and and Shine On has just uh, grown into a bit of a monster live, so most, most of the things that have changed uh, that, that, that made it onto the album have just, uh, that's just kind of, because uh, over the years we've, we've started to play them like that, so um, kind of decided to, uh, to, to, to go that way with them. Yeah. So overall, like, without going into individual songs on there, overall, from my listening to it anyway, mate, like, I think the guitar in particular has a more blues-based rock sound than, than on the original. Would, would you agree with that? Yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, I, I guess the older you get, the bluesier you get. But, I mean, once again, um, especially for myself and Paulie, it's like... Uh, we did that when we were in our early 20s and obviously um, you, you, the timbre of your voice changes and Paulie got better as a player and of course, I, and not to, to belittle the playing of, of, of the guys um, on the original album, but, um, you know, Scotty and Scotty and Jimmy have got the, 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 the extra added factor of, of having 30 more years of playing their craft. So just, to me, it just sounds like it's uh, played by better players and and as i say i'm not not putting shit on the the original recording but you know as sure if you don't get better at playing something over 30 years you're fucked <laughs> <laughs> so did all of the new bits sort of come from playing live and, and get worked out before or is any of the album ad lived in the studio uh no well, there wasn't much time much chance for ad living it was a very strange way that we did it i um um, Paulie uh, put down a bass track and then uh, Jimmy put down or Scotty put down a guide guitar track all to click all to uh, you know just a, 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 a what do they call those things a click track um, and then we sent it off to Cam and then he got to put drums on it and then he sent it back and then Paulie readed the bass so it was a very uh, very very different process to what we've uh, what we've been used to so we just had to uh, to roll with it and, and we you know, as I said we've stayed with the result mm. for mine mate like shine on is probably the most uh, different version with a more blues based sound it's got a different intro extended guitar solos and you mate you sound more like a sultry 1960 blues vocalist yeah, yeah, yeah. it's really good man so is that all those is that because of the live version you changed it like that but cause... yeah yeah definitely I mean it just it's one of those songs that kind of grew and that kind of big swell at the end and all that stuff it kind of it's worked so well live um, it also led to problems because um, it made it a bit difficult to fit all the songs on the vinyl record <laughs> so but anyway because you can only fit so many songs on but um, but yeah definitely de- definitely grew out of live and you know just the boys showing off mm, yeah as they do 
it's actually good now because like I know for me personally, like after I've listened to that album more times than I wipe my ass almost, but you sort of <laughs> you tend to get that's the slower songs you sort of tend to get over a bit. So there are times that I used to skip over songs like Train On, but now after hearing that one, like I I love the song again now. It's good because it gives it refreshes people's memories. Excellent, and excellent. Yeah, cool. So back at the time when you first released off one, mate, like you released the singles Better, Shine On and Stop the World. Did you think this time about re-releasing the new version just for prosperity? Um, well, we, we did talk about it because, mostly because, um, um, obviously, the, 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 if you look up uh, Better, say, on, on Spotify or whatever, it's going to take you straight to um, the Better that's been played. It does, you know, streamed a million times. It's... Uh, the, is it algorithms? Something. Something. Uh, <laughs> um, so, yeah, was, we, we did talk about it, but it was a bit of a pointless exercise. Having said that, um, Triple M are, are, are keen to play some of the new songs, I guess, in a, in a, uh, in, we're, we're going to go in and, you know, do, do some stuff with, uh, Triple M around the release of the album. So, you know, they'll get a bit of a run, but I, could, I can't see them eclipsing the, uh, the originals. Now, I know this question is going to be corny as fuck, mate, but I have to ask it. Is the new better better than the old better? <laughs> um, well, look, I, I, as, as I said, I think the playings, the playing will definitely be, um, be you know, right up there. Um, and, okay, this isn't to take away from Cam, our new drummer, but Brad Fahini was an absolute fucking freak. Um, his drumming on the first two albums has been, was, was, was definitely a huge part of... Uh, of their success. Um, yeah, but having said that, um, um, yeah, I, 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 it's hard for me to judge. I reckon I'll let other people judge whether the new better is better than the old better. <laughs> <laughs> and you, you released Star Fat Rich Cunts only overseas in the USA and Canada, mate. Like, did that have anything yeah. to do with the word fat in the title? Well, how's that? I mean, this is the thing. So we got when we signed to Real Art and everyone was like, oh, what'd you sign these guys for? They're a bunch of loudmouth filthy talking dickheads from Newcastle. Anyway, and then I had this huge fight because I wrote FRC. I had this huge fight to get it on the album. And they're like, no, no, you can't have that on an album. It's disgusting, you know, yada, yada, yada. And I said, well, if no, that's not on the album. No album, because I was like that back in the day. <laughs> um, so then, yeah, huge fight. And then the first thing they released in America is FRC, and everyone knows you can't say cunt in Canada, yeah. and you can't say cunt in America. But um, anyway, I tried to educate everyone, and it didn't work. Uh, I'd be in America, I'd say, look, no, look, if your mate's funny, then he's a funny. <laughs> and if, if he's happy, then he's a happy. Right, and uh, no, each time you say it, it was like stabbing them in the face. <laughs> they were just like absolutely horrified, and they weren't going to be told what our definition was uh, all I could hear was the word so anyway that was another brilliant move from Ruart <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not going to give too much away because the album's coming out a couple of months down the track but I really like what you've done with Fat Rich Cunts so that little bit you've added in there it's a nice yeah, yeah, little touch cool. I liked it yeah, yeah. no the, the thing was um, when we actually first did it we had um, Mortal Sin um, Steve Sly from Mortal Sin a couple of the other guys uh, we had all the guys in the Baby Animals, we had all the guys in the Choir Boys and a few guys in the Radiators. There would have been 30 of us in the studio all screaming out Fat Rich Cunt. So that was something that we missed as well. <laughs> that was a great night. <laughs> <laughs> so to wrap up the actual album questions, mate, if you had to pick yourself 
personally, the old one or the new one to listen to? Which one would you listen to as a choice? Um, well, I'd listen to the new one because it's it's newer to me. I obviously I've heard the uh, heard the other one a lot as a, when it first came out. Um, when we first released it, I used to listen to it a lot. But then I wouldn't have listened to that out al- the, the first album in its entirety for I don't know twenty five years, <laughs> maybe more. <laughs> I, I kind of only like to listen to stuff. Just to make sure that I didn't stuff up too much, and then I kind of let it, let it, let it go. As you do. <laughs> You've also announced that you're going to be hitting the road to celebrate, so you're playing all for one in its entirety, mate. So, how different is touring life going to be thirty years after doing it for the first album? Oh well, there'll be more sleep. I can tell you that. Because <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, that's what we used to love, and every time we. We'd um, we'd do a, a New Year's Eve show. We'd say, "Unreal! It's only four more sleeps till Christmas." Um, but now, yeah, there'll be more, definitely more sleep. Um, yeah, it's uh, it'll be great to be out there because we've never done it. We've never done the album um, start like in its entirety that way. So we're going to do it track for track. Um, there was there was tracks that after we recorded the album, we probably only played half a dozen times. So. Uh, that'll be very exciting to get out and do, and I'm, I'm sure people will be kind of wanting to uh, have that little nostalgic trip. Mm, sure. And do you think, mate, like, do you think as a live band you were better back then when you were all sort of young, brash, raw, and didn't give a fuck, or now after a bit of experience and you sort of think about oh, things yeah. a bit more? Yeah, they were different beasts. It's like, um, I guess it's like a young footy player. Um, you know, you want to be in, involved in everything. You want to be everywhere. You want to keep touching the ball and getting over to score tries. And then when you're an old footy player, you just know where to stand. <laughs> you, know, you know where everything's going to happen and you know uh, when to jump out of the way and when to get involved. So it's, uh, t- it's two totally different beasts. But, um, oh, look, I, I can't, I'd, I'd be lying if I said I didn't miss those days where I just used to get on there and absolutely go nuts <laughs> give it to everyone give it to Russ Hins and Rick and oh everyone but um but it, yeah it's definitely a different piece <laughs> I'd say from my perspective mate the one biggest thing that hasn't changed at all from then back to now is when you start going on around everyone else in the band looks at each other and goes fuck here we go yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, Paulie's Paulie's the one who'll just start playing. Right, that's enough. <laughs> All right, yeah. Dave. Well, thanks for your time, mate. It's been a pleasure talking about the album. It comes out on August the thirteenth. And anyone who out there sitting going, "Oh, fuck it, I've heard this before," you haven't. It's not hugely different, but in my opinion, it's better too. And that's one of my favourite albums. So that's a big call. Rock on, Chris. Thanks for that, mate. Lucky Land Casino asking people, "What's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky?" Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.